Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Mac Daddy Pete Robertson. I was in the middle of a thought and you opened us up. What's up? How about that? I know. I was like, I was trying to say something and then you said, well, you said, let's go. Let's go. Happy Thanksgiving past. And did you have a good weekend? Did you eat lots of turkey? Um, Sweet potato casserole. What else did you eat? You know what I did? I got to, we got to watch Brazil. um, You watched football. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we watched other football. Did they score? Yeah, so I had Brazilian friends over for I love Thanksgiving. These zero zero ties. Somehow. So our Brazilian friends and then other friends, and we were they were showing us videos of everybody, you know, getting together to watch, you know, yeah. Brazil. Was it Gustavo? Yeah, Gustavo and, and Gabriela. And they came over and minute they scored, man. We're all hugging each other, high-fiving oh, and going crazy. Like that. Yeah, that makes it fun. That's awesome. And then we have the United States is still in it. So we play uh, well, today. I, we have no idea. While we're recording. Yeah. We're, we play today. But I hope. Who do we play win. today? Because you, you Iran, me. You said I Iran, said it wrong. Iran. I, Iran. It's not Iran. It's Iran. So just, you know, that's Sorry, the right man. way to say it. All right. Well, I yeah. want to get it right. I yeah. want to get it right. Yeah. We don't want to disrespect the, the country. Do you think they have a nuclear bomb yet? Jeez. Wait, that took a weird turn. Huh? You want to go there? <laughs> I mean, you never know. They're close. Well, Israel hasn't taken them out yeah. yet. So. Yeah. We did a show talking about that. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, well, it's never going to happen. What was that show called? Yeah, it might. It was talking about how Iraq, uh, Ezekiel 38. Was, trigger of the end times. Yeah, maybe something. that's what it was called. If not, that would have been a good you know, name it for wasn't it. it. But yeah. But yeah. So, but I mean, we, I think that from what I understand, um, it's more the government versus the people. I think the people are good people there. Yeah, I, I think I so think too. they're pro. I've actually, I've had some Iranian employees in the past and they were amazing people. Yeah. Very hardworking. They had nothing but good stuff to say yeah. about their country. They absolutely love their country. Yeah. But it was the leadership. It was the political party and the, and the, that stuff. They're like, uh, it's awful. I can't go back. They're like, they're sad because they just love their, their homeland. But, but what, back. but, and then I had my whole family here. My son came in. So yeah. he's been here. My mom and dad have been here. So it's been nice. I mean, we've, We've uh, we went to SeaWorld as a family. We all went down there and watched um, uh, the ice skating show. And then they do one of the things wait, at SeaWorld. Wait, whoa, stop! Ice skating in Orlando? Yeah, they have a full ice skating show. It's For really real? it's a really good one. On too. ice? Oh yeah, really good. Out it's outdoors. And then they do a they do a lot of um, they don't shy away from saying Jesus at SeaWorld. No, so, I noticed that. Yeah. So they did a major scene production. It was really good. Really high level um talking about jesus and from the animals perspective it was pretty cool they do so i know real quick the bush gardens in in williamsburg we yeah. go there sometimes during they christmas the time thing. they do the same thing it's owned by the same company yeah so it's yeah. weird the beer company will talk about jesus yeah, yeah. but disney don't don't say jesus right. disney property well it's they weird. do though at epcot they'd have the candlelight procession did they bring that back this year yeah yeah oh good i love yeah. that yeah, we were there at last night actually, and they had all. Everybody oh, that's there. so good. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I apologize, Disney. I'll buy your stock back. <laughs> Did you sell it? Really? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> I think I still own some. And then, then we had a good football for uh, college football. So Wait, that no, was like fun. real football. So we were talking about soccer before. No, no, now, this is now. Not soccer. This so is American football. football. Yeah. So we. So how's USC doing? University of South Carolina. Yeah, University of South Carolina, USC. They won. They but did? I also think the uh, what are they the, the maroon and what gold? Are they, what are they called? The gamecocks. Gamecocks. Yeah. Does game that mean cocks. they're they're fighting chickens? Is that what that means? I don't even know what they are. That would be a funnier name, though, right? 
yeah, I mean, South Carolina fighting chickens. I think it's better than the Trojans, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. USC, so your school, yeah. it's the same colors and mascot as my high school. So is I was it? always kind of a fan because of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I went to Florida State. So mm-hmm. I have, yeah, I have to root for Florida they State. Have, They're they- playing good. I'm really happy with our coach right now. I know a lot of people wanted to get rid of him after two years, but it takes time, Pete. It's only his third year. Give the man a chance. And then, well, with in USC, that's his first year, and he's already going to possibly be in the title game. Wow. They've only lost one game this year, and that was by one point. And 54 of their players left last year. So he basically had to rebuild in his first year. And so 20, he, wow. got, he got 20 transfers in his first year. Portal. And so if he's doing this well with a limited wow. recruitment, just imagine what he'll do. And they are they are one game away mm-hmm. from playing in the, yeah. the uh, playoffs. So he set himself up uh, for like a major success. I mean, he can possibly create a dynasty. So do you have mixed emotions there? Because they're playing Utah. And I know you spent a lot of time in Utah. Well, we planted a church in Utah, but no, no mixed emotions. <laughs> no, Mr. It, it's no. all go Trojans. And no matter how hard. I mean, we've been in Florida since what, 2015, but no matter how, it just can't take that out of me. I mean, I've been like, I'm not a, the Laker, I've been a diehard Laker fan my whole life, but because of where it's at today, I'm just not a major fan of the Lakers anymore, but I, I'm an Angels, Dodgers. I grew up with the Rams. I mean, that's. What's going on? They're just having a bad oh year. Oh my goodness! They win the yeah. title last year, and they can't win a game. And then I also been a Charger fan. So, but that's just because I was born and raised there. That's just what I know. You know, SoCal in the blood. But I root for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, I yeah. root. You know, and I would root for the Magic. We need to if go to win. one of those games. That'll be a f- that'll be fun. Take my the son wives. went. So go. he went last week. Um, to a Lightning game. Yeah, and I asked oh, him. So fun. how much was the tickets? He was like two hundred and twenty bucks. What? So they set. They sat. In the nice was luxury. he in the penalty box? No, he was in the nice area. He had to be. Yeah. That's expensive for yeah. a regular season yeah. game. But he did it. I mean, he's like, hey, he's a huge Lightning fan, and uh, he lives in Port or not Portland, like Coos Bay, Oregon. So, so almost like Portland. Yeah, it is cold there, so he likes the coldness. Yeah, he made this big stink that he loves cold. I was like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but okay. I mean, cold. Hey, cold Austin, is good if you're for listening his- to this. I, I'm. I, I was hoping we'd get you on the podcast and I found out you were flying out today. I was disappointed. Yeah. Every once in a while. He'll we listen. missed you, man. That would have been fun. He hits, he hits us. Maybe this would be one of the shows he hears us. That would be cool. Yeah. You be cold cool. weather kid. What else is going on? I don't know. Lots. How, how is being a grandparent? How's that going? I mean, it, it's been, it's been a few weeks now. Yeah. It's been nice. It's been, um, it's been surreal because you can't, it's like, we've watched her a lot, held her a lot. And it's just, I don't know explain it she's so it's, cute i just saw her it's absolutely incredible yeah it's just that a blessing yeah it's a one of those things that until you're a grandparent you just can't fully understand well someday i'm not in any hurry no. but someday yeah well, you want to wait till she's oh. 30 <laughs> i hope i can stick a stick around that long <laughs> i gotta start taking care of myself pete yeah. that's kind of been the theme this month i've been trying to take better care of myself physically so i think we're all in the same boat yeah you know so we're i don't want to be i don't want to be a diabetic i don't want to be yeah. a person that has heart problems or issues you know so that's you just you know and god says our bodies are temples so we got to take care of it but if you don't you know you pay the con there's consequences to decisions that's it that's not good everything you do everything you do so thanksgiving was good well, we hang- went this last Sunday. It was really great. We got to go to Go Church and and we got to see uh, you preach. Go Church, that's Barry's church, right? Yeah, and you got to preach. Um, 
as I told you, I'll tell everybody on the air. Oh if, boy. Next time Bob preaches and you're in Orlando, Florida, come to see him because it was phenomenal. So he Thanks, brother. He found his form and uh, he did a really great job and he landed and uh, was very connected. As the very end of the thing, um, Jose comes up and made everybody cry, but it, it really put an explanation point to your message. It was really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you, when he started crying, everybody else, I looked around. He always makes me cry and and he always cries. So it's a bad combination. There's a reason I put the Kleenex box under his seat. That's so funny. That's by design. Yeah. But he really brought home the message. That was really good. Awesome. So you said landed. What does that mean? You said I landed it. It it was. um, And I'm trying to learn because I want to get better. Yeah. So there's times where you. Uh, where not you just in general person will teach and you're not sure where they're going with it. And so I would say they're not landing it. They're not, it's not hitting home. It's not, okay. it's not connecting. And so if I'm saying it lands it, what I told you on Sunday was it, you, the context, you brought the Bible in context alive to what you were saying. So the message that you were presenting, you brought context to that and it really made it clear from a biblical perspective of what God wants or what God is saying. And so, and, and then you brought in eschatology a little bit of end times and, and getting ready for Jesus. It was just, it was really well done. It was Thank great. you, sir. Yeah. Well, it was an honor. What a, what a privilege. Thank you, Barry, for if, the opportunity. If you guys want to listen to it, we'll put it up. If we can, we could, could we put that up on, on, yeah, on Facebook. So let's do that. Let's put up. You could definitely put on Facebook because there is yeah. a Facebook link. Yeah. All right. We'll do that. So and I'll week. probably download it and upload it to YouTube as well. Just, anybody wants to see it. So if anybody wants to see it. So I'll try to get that done this week as well. And then we'll put it up. Well, on thank you for the kind words. Like I said, I just, I just want to get better. I would, uh, Barry has said that uh, he, he would like me to do this a little more often. So I don't know. It's way still way out of my comfort zone which is probably a good thing. It makes me stretch. So well, you're getting more comfortable. And that's, oh. I think the more that we do it, you know, it's like, just like doing this podcast. Now it's just, it just, it just becomes, we just know. What yeah. That doing. used to be, yeah. used to be terrifying. Yeah. Now it's, yeah, I would listen now back, it's like, this is what we do. I'll listen yeah. back to our first two, one or two ones. I, I need to I, do that. I would stumble over my words. <laughs> I was just, it was just so embarrassing, but now we can just talk and have fun with it. So it's exciting. It's awesome. All right. Well, let's pray. Let's get going. So we're going to title today as is, are you entitled and not know it? And uh, we're going to kind of get into entitlement. What if you're entitled and, and know it? If you have that's not the you title know of it, clap your show. hands. If clap you're your entitled hands. and you know it, clap there your you hands. Go. All right. That would be I great. like it. Yeah. But with that, let me pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to, to do this podcast. Lord, we ask that you use it in uh, just a mighty way, in ways that we can't even imagine. Bless our listeners today, Lord. Give us the words to say. Use us in, a, in just with the Holy Spirit. Just speak through us, Lord. Make our words be truthful and kind. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so let's let's dive in. Oops, as I drop my glasses. Don't drop your glasses. That's okay. You got a minute. Yeah. Let, me, let me open us up. So yeah. imagine if many of our many of your friends were recently invited to an all expenses paid international trip Pete and you weren't invited yeah i can't i can't even <laughs> comprehend that so like imagine like if you and Barry and all of our friends but somebody that we all yeah, know really close yeah. and you guys all got all expense and they left me out and they left you out yeah. why yeah. of course your first reaction might be not to rejoice for their good fortune you definitely would be tempted right yeah 
I think that's just kind of human nature, right? Yeah, or yeah. maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Or delight that they got to enjoy an incredible experience. So just be happy for them, Pete. Yeah. But initially, your heart might be jealous, might be hurt, might be stinging under the sense of entitlement. You wonder why they were chosen and you were not. It's not like you don't know all the same people. In fact, you reason in your mind that you do more than they do for God's kingdom. And if anyone deserves to go, it's me. Absolutely. Before you know it, you realize that you might have an attitude of entitlement. Many times throughout our lifetime, we have moments when we think we deserve more than we actually do. And when we don't get it, our entitlement siren starts blaring. Mm. Woo, 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 something like that. Yep. Watch out, because when it does, we often act irrationally yep. in a way that looks foolish and maybe even childish from the outside. Yep. You know, I, I think this is such an important um, topic is we haven't really t- t- uh, touched on this in the last two years. Yeah, I was trying to think back and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You yeah. know why? It's probably because we felt entitled. Probably. Yeah. I mean, there's probably so a sense of it. We didn't know. was going to hit home. But as, as we started digging in this, I started realizing there's so many things that we do that we don't even realize that we're entitled. And so what I've, from the research and from just really meditating on this subject and just seeking the Lord, I realized that entitlement is built in pride. And it will always lead to strife and judgment. So if we have a sense of entitlement in, in us, and we're going to break this down and kind of unload a little bit of it. But if we do, I guarantee you that if you really analyze your life and when those entitlement moments happen, you're going to find strife somewhere. You're going to find there's judgment either against you or against somebody else. Um, it just doesn't lead to anything good. And more than, more importantly, entitlement does not allow you to draw close to the Lord. Hmm. Entitlement separates you from God because it's a sense of, it's a form of pride. So I, I think a good way to start this, let's read James 4, 1 through 12. It's just kind of, this is talking about, you know, the judgment. This is talking about strife that it brings with friends and, and things, but this is kind of entitlement. So let's read it. Do you want to go ahead and read that? Sure. We'll Happy read. to. Yeah. James chapter four, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder, you cover and cannot obtain, or you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. To spend it on your own passions. You adulterous, adulterous people. Wow, that's strong. Mm-hmm. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealous, jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from, flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Again, rough. Mm. Be wretched and mourn. Ooh, I got a note there. Does, did you, do you ever feel the pain of your own sin? Mm. I wrote that when I read that mm. verse. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers, for the one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. 
But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Yeah, so I, so I mean, in context, I'm just going to talk from work because we're titling today entitlement, talking about entitlement. But if I am judging somebody, basically, I'm taking ownership of God. I'm taking so if I'm saying, hey, I can't believe they're doing that, or you know, I deserve this, and you don't deserve that, and who, da- how dare you tell me that when you know, and and or like anything, like something goes wrong, you know, like oh my gosh, they messed up on my order at McDonald's, right in drive-through. So you like, how did I paid big bucks for this? And I can't believe that you would mess this up. Da, da, da. Well, you're taking ownership of as God, you're becoming the judge, right? And, and I mean, have you ever messed up? Have you ever fallen short? Have you ever messed up in an order or said something wrong or thought something wrong or, or whatever it is? We've mm-hmm. all had that. Every one of us have had that. But we get this sense of entitlement, like we're owed something. And, and it just causes misery, not only in your own life, but in everybody that's around you. And so that's kind of, you know, what, what he's saying here is that, you know, we trust God. Just surrender to God and we let him be God of our lives and we let him be the author and finisher of whatever's going to happen next. And we have rest and peace in what he's going to do. And we're content. We're going to talk about that a little bit more where entitlement is, is it, it just does not, it does not help anything. It just makes everything worse. And so let's kind of, let's just unload and let's just work through this and, and kind of bring light to what we're talking about. So. All right, yeah, statement good. one. Wow, just you it's almost like you're trying to take God's place. Yeah. You're trying to sit on the throne. All right, let's get started. On the show today we want to talk about how to recognize our own sense of entitlement and what steps we can take to surrender it to God. First, we need to understand what entitlement truly is. It is it is a belief that we inherently deserve privileges or special treatment or that we have the right to something. Entitlement shows no partiality. It will reach for life's greatest gifts and claim its smallest pleasures. Mm. When it comes to the big parts of life, we can find ourselves thinking about uh, thinking along these lines. One, I deserve to have children, so why am I struggling with infertility? After all, aren't children a blessing from God? Right. I mean, you could see. I mean, that's like a good thing. I want to have. I want to have kids. How come we can't have kids? Right. I've been there. I, I know that struggle. Yep. Um, another possibility, I'm tired of being single. I've remained pure and sought Christ. So why hasn't he brought me a spouse? You know, um, another one, I'm such a hard worker, but I don't understand why I still can't manage to find a high paying job. Yeah. So in the, in your mind, so back to the single, so as a, as a single says, man, I'm, ain't I doing everything right? God, I'm going yeah. to church. I'm, I'm, I'm living. I'm, I'm pay- why haven't you brought anybody in my life? Don't I deserve that? I've done the right thing. And so your mind, you're kind of thinking entitlement. So it's, it's without, that. Yeah. without even knowing it, you're, you're thinking it and that's not mm. resting in God. And then the same thing with the worker. I've put out a hundred resumes. I've done this. I've done everything that God, you wanted me to do. I've studied, I've been to college. I went to school. I went all this stuff and I still haven't found a job. So we're not content. We're not rest. So we feel like we're entitled because we've done so much that we deserve <laughs> something, but entitlement can also touch on smaller issues. Like I'm a good homemaker and work hard to keep the house clean and tidy. I deserve to have a nicer, bigger home. You know, you justify in your head. So I've done this. I've done this. I get this. I, or, or I work so hard to provide for my family. I deserve to watch TV when I come home. I just want to relax. I've deserved it. That, I earned it. 
that is probably really relevant with a lot of people. So, I mean, it's like you work hard. You just want time to unload, right? So your mind is like, I deserve this. I did this. I deserve that. Hmm. Or I've been good with my finances. I deserve to buy what I want to want to whenever I want, you know? So I've saved up the money. I deserve this. You know, I, I put the time in, I deserve it. And so that's the mentality without us even knowing it. And ultimately that deserving makes you entitled and that entitlement then leads you into pride and it leads you into chaos and it leads into other things without you even knowing it. We'll kind of go into how that happens, but let's go into our, or let me read. I think I have a, a statement that says Isaiah 64, six says, all of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. So I think, I think we need to understand that every one of us are filthy rags. As good as we think we are, we're still filthy rags. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So, and then I think I put um, Romans 3, 10 through 12. It says, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. And all have turned away. They have become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And then in Romans 6, 23, and the wages of sin is death. So you're talking about deserving things. I guess that I guess I just set it up. We don't deserve that. We deserve death. And, and that's the ultimate truth in all of this. All right, let's go for it. All right. Statement two, Paul wrote that, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am, Philippians 4.11. Um, the entitlement mentality is dangerous because it is a threat to contentment, says Andy Socher. And uh, as long as our hearts, one more quote, as long as our hearts have the entitlement mentality, personal growth in our relationship with God and with others will cease. Ray Kim said that. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, what, let's just talk about uh, contentment. Hebrews 1, 3 through 5 says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Have you noticed that a lot of times with the lack of contentment is with the lack of money? And, and a lot of times it's like, well, the international trip we just talked about. Well, I should be able to go. You know, I haven't done this, but you don't have the money to actually go. It's free, right? So a lot of it has to do with money, but learning to be content there. Warren Risby said, real contentment must come from within. You and I cannot change or control the world around us but we can change and control the world within us. And so, wow. so, so circumstances happen, things happen in our life. Uh, people mess up, right? We, we immediately want to fix what is wrong. And we immediately want to go into our entitlement mentality without casting our cares and our burdens unto the Lord. And, and so that becomes our habit. That becomes our nature. We immediately say, I, I'm this, I deserve that. I'm this, I deserve that. You, I pay hard money, I deserve this. I work hard, I deserve this. Whatever it is, we start becoming entitled. And Jesus is telling us, no, you, you do everything for my glory, but you're content and rest in what I've given you in this moment. And you thrive. And I think we lose that a lot. I think we lose a lot of the contentment. Um, Charles Spurgeon says, it's not how much we have, but how much we may enjoy that makes us happy. So again, it's, you know, lack of contentment or entitlement is I want more, I want more, I want more. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And Jesus is saying, well, what did he give you now? How are you happy with what you have now? How are you joyful with what he's given you? If you're not joyful there and you're resting in that, why is he going to give you more? 
I don't know. Any other thoughts on contentment? Yeah. I mean, while you were talking how it relates a lot of, in a lot of ways to money. And I think it's, it's not an accident that Jesus talks about money so much. I mean, you read the gospels. He, he talks about money like more than it seems like anything else. Because I think in what he shares with us in a lot of places is that um, money is, it's just an easy thing to become a God. Yeah. It's an easy thing to become an idol. You know, and I've heard it said, you know, money, money makes a, money is a great tool, but a terrible, a terrible God Yeah, because it just, it's going to pull you. And I think that's why there's so many warnings on it. It pulls us away from who God is and we don't rely on him anymore. Now we start relying on the money. So I think that's why Jesus warns us so much about, Hey, you need to be content in what you have. Well, it's like, hold on to things lightly, not, not tightly. And, and I think that's kind of the issue. It's like, you know, so I have $50,000 in my bank, whatever it is, $100,000, million. And all of a sudden we get hit with a big bang or something happens and all of that money leaves, right? Yeah. But I mean, immediately either you can be like, get all up and think, or you could just be content and just say, you know what? It's God gives, God takes away. It's his anyway, right? And, and it, we just rest in that and just know that and not feel entitled with it. Martin Luther said, I have held many things in my hands and have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. So that puts it in perspective. Is is we get rid of the sense of entitlement, be content and rest in what God's giving you, and trust God with everything. And so, all right. So, what are we entitled to? Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, there is no question that a sense of entitlement dominates many cultures around the world, including ours. If you think about it, it has been the way from the beginning, right back to the Garden of Eden. The issue of entitlement has been cited by many as one of the major problems in the in the world, especially in America. The growing entitlement mentality, there's a quote from Dave Ramsey, the growing entitlement mentality in America is completely toxic, slowly eating away at our spirits like acid. Ooh, that's harsh too. Well, it made me think of, you remember... Um... Do you remember when everyone was hoarding toilet paper and mask at the start of the pandemic? Yes. And, Vividly. Yeah, you could not find toilet paper. But it's worth pausing and reflecting on how angry people feel when they're confronted with the idea today. It's like, oh, you were a hoarder. You were this. And people get all upset. I was not. And I didn't do this or whatever it was. People were hoarding or the hurricane comes. Right. So how many actual bottles of water do we need for two weeks? Right. How many? Two, two, two cases, three cases. Like, maybe? I've lived in Florida most of my life and I, I know it happens in some places, but not one time have we ever lost water. So I know. So <laughs> but why why do we hoard is because we don't trust God. Yeah. Why do we feel entitled is because we control our own destiny. We are not allowing God to be God of our life. We have taken ownership of it. We want to be God. And so we become entitled. We become that. And so that's what's happened in America. And that's what's happened everywhere. Um, I, I read a quote by this lady, Robin Koloski. She's a, a psychologist professor at Clemson University. She says, in our culture, we have excessively high expectations, not just uh, studies on complaining, not just high expectations, but specific ones about how the economy should run or what should we get get out of it. We want things to be cheap. We want things to be fast. We want things to be efficient. For decades, American customers have been told they're always right. Naturally, they've come to believe it. We expect everything to work just like clockwork, Kowalski explains. Heaven forbid the internet goes out for um, goes out or we get stuck in traffic jam and can't go fast and that we want to go. 
And that immediately it triggers something within us that is dissatisfied. Oh, so true. There we go. That's America that we know. Okay. That's the world that we know. That's where I see it the most in my life is on the road. You know, somebody cuts you mm -hmm. off or somebody just does something stupid. And I'm just like, I want to call them out on it. Just, it oh, and, and an unrelated note. Yeah. If anybody needs to buy some toilet paper, I have a stockpile that I can sell. <laughs> Sorry, not really. Do you really? Oh, no, no. that would be funny. Um, that's hilarious. <laughs> Um, uh, I thought about that back, back in the days though, I, I was thinking, how could we get more toilet paper? Just because I was thinking how, but then God uh, convicted me and he says, are you trusting me son or not? You know, if anything, you just uh, use your hand and wash it off. Oh, <laughs> did not just go there. Ladies and gentlemen, well, it shows you what our fears are, right? But, again, we, but we buy toilet paper, but again, it goes back to entitlement. We, we as Americans or we in the culture or whatever, we feel like we deserve things. And ultimately what we deserve is hell. And we have to understand that God is in control. God is the one is the author and finisher of our life. And we can rest that he is going to lead. So we don't, don't get into the world's culture and caught up into this. If someone cuts you off on the freeway, pray for them. Let it go. If a person, if they mess up on the, on your McDonald's order, that's okay. Pull over, get out of your car, go be a blessing to that person that just messed up, speak life into them. Use every opportunity as a way to give God the glory and look at every opportunity as God saying something to you. You know, maybe the Lord is saying, Hey, you need to like, calm down. You're have a sense of entitlement right now. You know, let's just take a deep breath. Let's go ahead and worship me at this moment. Let's go ahead and, and look at things from my perspective and then always being so selfish. All you're thinking about is yourself, self, self. It's always about you. And God is saying, never, it's never about you. Never. Everything that's happening is about me. So just get that in your head and lose the sense of entitlement. All right. That is so good, Pete. All right. And I'm never shaking your hand again. Yeah, that's funny. You go to a third world country, though. That's what happens. Come on now. All right. To help us understand entitlement a little better, we must think of it. Wait, wait, that just goes back to entitlement. Oh boy, here we go. Because in a third world country, they have to do that. Yeah. That's what they use. They don't have toilet paper. They got their hand. So when you sit down in some countries, you sit on your left, you sit on your right hand and you, or you sit on your left hand you eat with the other and you hand. eat with your right hand. Yeah, I've heard and that so before. the left hand is what's doing the wiping. Oof. Yeah. I didn't need that. All in right. My so life. that's entitlement from us. I could have lived without that information. Now we know. All right, back oh. to statement four, yeah. as I try to erase that picture from my mind. To help us understand entitlement better, we must think of it as a foundation of our sinful nature. And as you look, as you do look at it in the context of personal relationships, particularly in our marriages. If you are single, think about it from the perspective of your expectations of having a relationship yeah. now and in the future. You know, I, I, I wrote this down. I said, marriage is not 50-50. Divorce is 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. So it isn't dividing everything in half, but giving everything you got. And I think that, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, talking about marriages, and we're going to break that down in, in our next point. But it's, I think too many times, and I know that my wife and I have struggled with this, one side has like certain gifts and skills and does a little bit more sometimes than the other side. And then there's your side. And there's, yeah, whatever that is. And then once they feel entitled, you feel entitled. And it's like, you know, you work hard, you do something or whatever, and you start feeling entitled. And that's where the bitterness comes up and things start changing. Another way that you feel entitled is, you know, I think working out is is scary for some people because they start their bodies start getting better. They start looking in the mirror more. 
and they start thinking they're pretty and they think that, oh man, I'm entitled. My wife or my husband's not as pretty as he used to be, but that guy sure is, or that girl sure is. And, and you start and it just makes your brain, your entitlement makes your brain do stupid things, your rational things. Um, or my husband doesn't sweet talk me anymore. You know, he doesn't make me feel good, but this guy at work really does. And he does, and he really helps me get through my day. And, or this girl at work is, she just listens to all my funny jokes. My wife just turns me off and she doesn't listen anymore. So all these little entitlement things start taking place. And it all of a sudden, slowly your marriage becomes broken. And so marriage is a hundred percent effort by both sides. And, and it's both sides humbling themselves. And, and that's the thing is I need to be uh, know the, and, and confess when I'm wrong as much as my wife needs to. And if one side isn't like that, then it's not going to be healthy. And, and it really, the Bible is very clear that it really does start with the man. The man, if you want your wife to be humble, you need to be humble. Lead by example. And if you want your wife to, to, to be a servant, then you need to be a servant of Amen. all. And it, but it goes with a single person, a lady that's single and she's looking for a man. Same thing. Be the servant of all, be the humble person, whoever it is. But I'm just saying from a marriage standpoint, entitlement will destroy a marriage. I mean, it's just, it's just horrible. Um, it's tough. Yeah. I have another statement. It's just in, in every disagreement in marriage, remember this one important truth. Your spouse is your partner for life, not your enemy. You will either win together or you're going to lose together. And, and, and entitlement makes you get all distracted and all confused in that. And if you get rid of the entitlement and just humble yourself, then you realize, no, God brought you together from the beginning. Now stay together, work together, figure it out together and win together. And, and don't give up on each other. Don't throw stones at each other. And it goes with your spouse, goes with your friends, goes with everybody. You know, how many friends do we have and we're entitled with them? Oh my gosh, I don't want to go over there. They're always this, da, 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 da. Well, that's a sense of entitlement. That's like, they're saying that you're better than them. Why not look at your friends in a different light? Why not say, hey, I'm going to go serve them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to elevate them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to be a blessing to them. And just leave it in that mentality and stop being entitled. Stop acting like you're better or anything else. And I mean, that happens with people all the time. All right. Uh, good stuff. That, Pete. That's all I, I got. Yeah, that's good. And it, you said something about the, you know, the, talking about winning arguments. You, there's no winning an argument. In a marriage. No. You know, you're like, oh, I'm going to win this for, you know, no matter what I'm going to win. You're not winning. You're just, you're destroying. No, it makes it even worse. When, yes, absolutely. And, and there's usually one spouse that won't humble themselves as quick. There's usually one will humble themselves quicker than the other. One of them, usually one spouse will hold on a little longer. Um, stop being that person. Yeah. Just, just humble yourself. Just humble yourself. But Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fail, one will lift up this fellow. But woe to him who is done, who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. I, I love that verse. I think that was one of Samantha's first memory verses. And she she would say it all the time. Really, really good. It's a tricord, Pete. Yeah. And that goes on to the tricord. All right, let's go on to the next one. Into, um, you want to go to five or yeah, finish five, up the discussion five. before? Got it. Um, I don't know who this is, but uh, Russell B. Lemley, a doctor. He's an associate clinical professor at the at the Department of Psychiatry. Easy for me to say. I'm not sure he's a Christian. For but the University what? of California, San Francisco. But his work is, it makes sense. And he gives, speaking of his work, Pete, he gives five reasons why we fall into this entitlement trap. Yeah. One you are owed because of your sacrifice or generosity in the relationship. 
For example, I gave up my career to raise our children. You can at least let me redecorate the living room. Yeah, I mean, I have never heard that. Well, I mean, you, you know, it's, it's, but in general, so I've given I up get my the point. I, I get give the up point. my, my thing. So at least give me something. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, here, here's another example. You are owed because you are feeling so emotional, so stressed, et cetera, that your spouse must support you, support what you want, you know, and then it gives this example. Since I work longer hours, you should pick up the kids from soccer practice today. Listen, I've been home all day cooking and cleaning. So you go. I went the last time. Yeah, I mean, right there. That's a common thing. Yeah. So, so how do we handle that if that's a habit of ours, right? Because that's natural. We just always do it. So again, that's showing us that at that very moment in your life, your eyes are on yourself. Yep. So at that very moment on your life, you're you're basically taking ownership and you're saying that what you feel, what you think is the very best. You are no longer seeing the situation from God's eyes. And that's why the Bible says we need to pray without ceasing. That's why mm. the Bible says that we need to always be in an attitude of thanksgiving, that we always be in the attitude of worship and speaking of God. Because if we do do that throughout the day, then we would handle that a little bit differently. You can say to your spouse, hey, I'm extremely tired. I've done it. Could you get them today? Um, if not, I'll go. But I'm just saying, I'm. could you help me out? You know, And maybe your husband or your spouse is a... Uh, I was going to say butthead. I guess I'll say it. Um, you just did. I did. I'll just say it. And and they're being a dork today, right? Maybe they're just not doing that. But that does not give you an excuse to to be a butthead back, yeah, right? Let's just amplify it up another level. Yeah, it doesn't yes. give you an excuse. Because if you have the attitude of worship and you're walking in the spirit of God and you're doing the things that God is asking of you, everything about what you're doing is to glorify him. Now you are tired. Yes, you do need help because we do need each other. But but in that moment, it does not give you the right to be entitled. That if that they're being the butthead, then it's on them, not on you. You be the servant. You be the one that's filled with love. You know what I think it shows? It shows that we don't trust God. That's it's, exactly what's it's happening. Like, trust God. He knows what's going on. He'll speak to your spouse if that's really what needs to happen. And if you are that weak. And you're that, and you're, and you're in that position, and your body is hurting, and you really can, and you really need help to go get it. God says, "When you are weak, I am strong." And that's when you say, "God, I need you now." Amen. And that's when the Spirit of God that can move freely within you. It's no longer you that's living; it's now Christ that's living within you. So, in sense of entitlement, that habit quenches that spirit. But if you release that to God and you trust and you see it from his eyes, the spirit now is willing and the spirit now is controlling your life so that you now have power that's not of yourself. It's of God. Man. And that's where you become supernatural. That's when lives change around you. That's when you start seeing miracles is when you let God be God. And I'm telling you, your spouse will be transformed by it. But your spouse is not going to be transformed by it if you just keep calling him a butthead and and he, and you just and you tell him off and you tell him what he really is because he's telling the truth and and he already knows that he really is this but he doesn't care and he's just going to give it back to you and what have you achieved and what have you accomplished? You've made it worse. You've made it worse. Yep. So we have to be in the spirit. We have to have that mentality. Listen, I fail here constantly. I'm not I'm not saying this because I've I've learned it or grown. I'm still learning. I'm still growing, but I. I can testify that I've walked in the spirit in these moments, and I can testify that I have chosen to do it God's way. I can testify to that, and I can testify that it's much better than doing it the other way. Amen. So, all right. Entitlement seems so legitimate at times when we feel strongly about something. 
having my own quiet time in the evening is vital to me. I don't understand why you can't go along with this. Yeah. And is again, one example you could say. Well, and again, today with my mom. So I, I just, I mean, if she's listening out there, so be it. Anyway, Hi, so I mean, so here's a context. So my mom, my mom and I got in a tiff today and, and she said something that was entitled and I said something back that was entitled. Now, the ultimate thing that I should have done is just let it go and not do it. But I didn't, I said something, but if I was in the spirit of that mindset and that control, then I would have just quiet myself, walked away from the situation and then kept it quiet and been still in it. That would have done so much more than what I did and what I said back, you know? So it's the same thing. It's, it's, we, God wants us intimate with him. This doesn't happen without intimacy. God wants us walking in step with him and fellowship with him in every aspect of our lives. If we can do that, entitlement will decease from your life. It will stop. It won't increase. It will decrease. And, and the more that we're in tune with God, the more that we're fellowship with God, the more that we're walking with him, we will not be seeing people as a fleshly people. We'll see him as God. All right. All right. Um, one more. Well, two more, actually. Right. Gender as an entitlement has often been used in a way to get what we want, but it is not very effective. Here's what it, here's what it could look like. Yeah. Look, as head of the household, you should listen to me about blank. It could be anything. Yeah. I am the or I am the mother of these children. I know what's best for them. Yeah. But both of these statements Pete, will yeah. not go well. No. Just, and, and again, it's this is a natural habit, a bad habit that we have. And, and it's a natural bad habit that we have is because we're sinful, fleshly people. We're very self-orientated. And, and all we can think about is how do I please myself? And that gives us entitlement. It's, it's I deserve this. I feel that's best. I know that's best. I want what I want. I did this and, and I deserve that. And, and if that is our mentality and you're listening to this, I would highly recommend that you repent. I would highly recommend that you would ask God to help teach you how to walk in the spirit, to help teach you how to see people and see things from his perspective. And, and I'm telling you, entitlement is what's destroying marriages. Entitlement is what destroys your friendship. Entitlement is what causes the strife and the envy in your life. When's the last time you were, you, you, you were on the phone with a service guy and that service guy um, messed up your order and he sent the wrong order. And then you called back the person and you just started blaring, blaring at him or, or going at him. And said, I can't believe you did this. Now, don't you know, I had a hot water heater and I have this and I have this or whatever else is coming up in the electricity. Don't you know that I haven't had electricity in three weeks or better yet? Like with us, we didn't have uh, internet for two days. Like, don't you know that my business runs on internet? What am I supposed to do? I have to do this. You need to get somebody out here real quick. It, again, it's all about me. I'm, I'm the one that needs to be served. I'm the one that is, is, is feels that this is what it is. Instead of saying, you know what, cast all my cares and cares under the Lord. Let's just rest in him. Let's know that he knows what's going on right now. And in the midst of that, he is fully in control and fully in charge and that he will work all things together for our good. If we just trust him and love him and praise him and, and see people as his does, but we lose sight of that with entitlement and it's a bad habit. And I'm telling you, every one of us are listening that have this problem. And so we need to repent and we need to stop immediately. All right. All right one more on the marriage topic. Um, right. If you are the primary breadwinner, money could be used. We talked about money already, um, but here's two examples of what this could look like. I've earned the right to have time to play golf. Ooh, I know people like that. 
It's my money and I will spend it however I want to. Well, if you're married, you it's should never be saying your, spend my, your money. Yeah. And it's First of all, God's it's, money. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's not even your money. It's yeah. his money. So, well, with that said, spouses, you should never have your own account. You should always be together on your accounts. Joint accounts. Yes. You should, your, your wife and your husband or both sides should always know what's in the money, what's going out of the That's money. Right. Every party should be able to see statements and everything. And you should always be engaged that way. Well, you should have no secrets, period. No. And, and, and if no. money is one of your secrets, yeah. we've already learned that money is a wife, very bad master. Spouses need to know your passwords yep. and, and they need to have access to your phone yep. at all times. And you have to be vulnerable that way. Do not get in the habit of allowing Satan to deceive you that way. Yep. That's a sense of entitlement. It is. Yep. I deserve this. I feel this. All right, let's go on. Um, let's face it. We right. likely have unknowingly we likely have unknowingly inherited a lot of ideas about entitlement from our parents. Amen. Hey, mom and dad. Yeah. And our kids are learning it from us. Now that is scary. Yeah. From their influence, without thinking, we may insist that our way is right is the right way to do things, especially if we believe it is the most efficient. You know, many times a spouse falls into entitlement when what they want is seen as a real need in their mind. So much of popular literature on relationships is about fulfilling each other's needs. When we see need as an entitlement, we are, we are more guided by self-interest rather than other-centeredness and love. Mm. That, and that really boils, what it boils down to, yeah. self-interest, being selfish. Yeah. Believing that we have a real need creates a strong sense of entitlement. Yeah, that's where Satan tricks you up. So what, what is a real need? Well, a real need is what God is providing. So Jesus constantly tells us, well, eyes to see, ears to hear. So what do you see? What do you know that God is doing? It's not what do you want. It's what do you want to make happen. It's not what you feel is going to happen. It's, it's based off of walking in fellowship with the Lord. It's based off of knowing what he is already doing, because Bible says that my father is always at work and that we are adjoining the father in whatever he's already doing. So we don't want to go kink against the goads. We don't want to do something that's against what God's will is. And so how do we know what God's will? What do you see him doing right now? What is God saying to you in this moment? How do you, how, what do you hear him speaking to you? And I promise you, whatever it is, it's going to bring him glory. It's not going to be done in selfish desire. It's not going to be done in a way that's, that's going to bring glory to yourself. or It's going to pat you on the back or make you look good. It's always going to be done in such a way that's going to make him look good. And he's going to be glorified in the midst of that. You'll be blessed. He'll bless you. He'll, he'll, he'll bless you exceedingly abundantly more than you think or imagine because it's going to be pure. It's going to be holy. It's going to be righteous. It's going to be filled with love in everything, every decision that you make with your spouse, everything that you do, it will be that way. And we have to know that he's the one that knows our needs. He's the one that has the, 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 our, our life planned and laid out already. And so we have to trust him. And so we justify for second Corinthians 12, 10 says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. And so if you are in a position that you need something, Jesus says, drop to your knees and humble yourself, surrender to him, trust him, let him be the author and finisher of your life. And he will open doors accordingly. Just let him do it. Be patient, be still, worship him and see. And, and um, so how do you do that? It's, I'm, I'm telling you, 
when you're intimate with the Lord, it's not a complicated question. This is not complicated. Well, do I do this or do I do that? Do I do this or do I do that? I don't know what God is saying. I don't know. Well, I would just say, get to your knees and be still before him. Worship him. Trust him. Trust him with that. Don't have a sense of entitlement here. Trust him. Let go of whatever that is. Let him be God. And yeah, you're going to wrestle with it. I just had a big situation that happened with me. We talked about it before in our prep is, is I wrestled with things. I wrestled with it. There was a couple of days where I was depressed because of the situation. I wrestled with it, but ultimately I got to the point where I just surrendered it. And I said, God, you know what it is. You know our need. It's your money. It's your, you're in charge of this. I can't do anything outside of your control. And so I rest in you. And when that happens, that is when the peace of God that surpasses all understanding comes upon you. That is when the needs and everything else that you need happens supernaturally because it's I that no longer live, but Christ that's living with me. It's him that's doing it, not myself. And then ultimately he gets the praise and glory and he brings the joy. And so we just have to understand that in our minds. If we lose that, we're screwed up. <laughs> Pete, that's awesome. I, I pulled a little nugget out of what you just said. Yeah. So this is how I boiled this whole thing down. Ooh. Does it bring him glory? That's it. I'm like, can it really be that simple? It's that easy. Yeah, it's really that simple. If it's not bringing him glory, then it's probably it's you being God and, and you wanting to draw attention yeah, to you yourself. You probably don't need it. Yeah, you probably don't need it. <laughs> All right. All right. What do we deserve, Pete? We deserve nothing. But a true, well, that's not even true. We deserve death, yeah. but uh, that's another story. But a true believer has been given everything. We are children of the king. That's an amazing, that is amazing good news, Pete. Yes. Um, Romans 8.32 says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all thanks? Yeah, that's grace. That's grace. Yeah. And it's unmerited favor. It is something we didn't earn. It's something, uh, it's a gift from God. It's God's grace. It's unmerited favor. It's simply God giving you something you do not deserve. Yeah. And that's, again, that goes back to if we get rid of entitlement and we just say, God, you've paid it all, right? So I'm I, ultimately, when I die, I'm going to be with you for eternity in heaven. And, and because I surrendered my life to you, I now know that you say that you're never going to leave me nor forsake me. Your word says that you're going to provide for me. The word said, your word says that you will guide me and direct me. Your word says that when I need wisdom, you'll give wisdom. The word says when I need knowledge, you'll give knowledge. The word says when I'm weak, you will make me strong. All the word says all of these things because of what you did on the cross. Mm. And because of that, I can now rest. I can now lose the sense of entitlement. And I can now know that God is fully in charge of everything that's happening in my life. And I can just be still and not have to wrestle with what I think is best because he ultimately is the best and, and we can rest there. So how do we overcome the sinful mentality of entitlement? It may take some effort, but over the next week, this is what I think. Think through if you, if you use any of the strategies we talked about at the same time, Think seriously about the belief that we are by nature children of wrath, dead in our trespasses, unable to save ourselves. And most of all, we are totally dependent on the righteous life and substitutionary death of Jesus Christ to be reconciled to God. Let's have a mindset of thankfulness for what we've been freely given in Christ. It will work to eradicate entitlement. So don't say you deserve anything. 
you deserve death. Okay. So stop saying that you deserve hell. You ultimately, and instead of saying, I deserve this in that very moment, find yourself repenting of your sin in that moment and saying, God, I plead grace and mercy upon my life because you don't deserve anything but death. And once you start realizing that, okay, I deserve death, but God gave me this free gift, that he gave me this grace, that he gave me this mercy, and that he gives it freely because I believe in him and I surrender my life to him and I trust him, that he has now taken full ownership of my life and that he, the Bible says, is good, that he says he is faithful. And when you trust him with that and you start allowing him lead in your life as God, you start believing because your faith increases. All of a sudden, you start experiencing the goodness of God. You start seeing the love. You start seeing all of these things that God gives you. And you start recognizing that, oh my gosh, I don't have to worry again in my life. I don't have to feel entitled again. I don't have to try to control anything. I can let him take ownership because he is good and he is faithful. So thoughts? Yeah, I I think where we get caught up here is we're afraid we're going to miss out on something. And what we forget is we are heirs to the King. We, we already have it all. But when we talked about this in the, in the show prep, you know, we're, we're made of three parts, right? Body, soul, and mind. And so often we let the body, the flesh take over Mm. where if we were, if we would come from a, a perspective and allow the spirit to lead, we would see that and realize it more like, look, what are we worried? Why am I worried about that? When I am an heir to the kingdom, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. If you're getting butt hurt by something, there it is. I, I just got to, I had to say it. <laughs> if you are, then you're, you're probably have a sense of entitlement. If, if, if people are rubbing you wrong, you have a sense of entitlement. If you, if you are um, trying to control people because you think it's best, you have a sense of entitlement. And, and I, every one of us can relate to this. And, and God is saying, let go of all of that. If you, if someone does something backstabs you, I was backstabbed. Let go of it. Trust me with them. If, if you have your wife isn't, you know, or husband isn't where they should be, trust them, pray, give them to the Lord, serve them, love them, do the things right that I would do so that he would be glorified. And it's just change your mentality. Let them see Jesus in you. That's it. Change your mentality. All right. Okay. Last one. At the same time, resist the common practice of comparing your situation to others. To help in that process, think about our Lord and Savior and how he took all he had as a right and set it aside. I love this. Have this mind among yourself. Which yeah, this is, is Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Thank you. Yeah. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though we had in the form of God, did not count it equality with God and a thing to be grasped. So he didn't take advantage of being God, but made himself nothing taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, how humbling must that have been, Mm. and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Yeah, again, we talked about this already in the last part, but it says keep in mind that this place on earth is not our final destination. We are, we are here now for his glory. We are here now to, to draw near to him and to learn from him and to grow closer to him, but to act like him and to be like him and to love others like he does. Um, thankfully, there's a day coming when you and I will be given far more than we're entitled to. There's going to be a day where we're going to be given everything. 
all of our fears, all of our worries, all of our hurt, all of our pains, everything that we face here on earth is going to be gone. And we're going to live in fellowship with Jesus for all eternity. So, so as Christians, we should not only trust God when we don't get what we want, right? We should also follow the example of our savior and choose to give up what we think, what we think we deserve. The reward might be, not be immediate, but we will become more like Christ. And that is always worth it. Humility and the willingness to give up our rights are not prized virtues in our world, but they are stunningly beautiful to Christ. And That's so beautiful. it is. And so I think that uh, our listeners today, and I think that if you are listening to this and this kind of triggered you like it triggered us, um, I pray that we would just humble ourselves today. And uh, if you're a follower of Christ and you've listened to this and God spoke to you, I pray that you would just ask God to reveal uh, those areas in your life that you're entitled, that you that you feel entitled and, and how you can work through that. Maybe listen to the show a couple of times and just kind of pick up some nuggets um, through, through what we said to help you walk through um, this time in your life and just repent and just say, God, I need your help. And that's ultimately what he's asking. And if you're listening to this and you haven't given your life to the Lord, <laughs> today's the best opportunity you can. And so if you just want to uh, just humble yourself right now and just and close your eyes, not if you're driving, Please. but just say out loud, you know, God, I, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins today. I ask that you would come into my life as my personal Lord and Savior, and I choose today to do it your way. And, and I choose to allow you to be God of my life. I want, the, I want your goodness to invade my life. I want your love to invade my life. I want to, to live a life that's holy and pleasing to you. And I repent of my sins today. And I believe that you died and rose again on the third day so that I can have eternal life for all eternity. And I want to live with you. I want to have the hope that one day when I die, I'm going to be with you for all eternity. That I, I want the hope to know that one day all of this hurt, all of this pain that I'm going through now is gone. And, and just pray that in your heart and just confess your sins before him and, and surrender to him and, and do it in the name of Jesus. And, and the Bible says that, that, that all, the he, all the angels in heaven rejoice. They're having a party right now, if that was you. And they're celebrating that you are no longer going to be in hell for all eternity, that you're going to be living with Jesus for all eternity. And then the Bible says, go and now tell somebody. I mean, it's, it's very clear. You don't want to keep this to yourself. You want to go tell somebody, go let somebody know about what you, the decision you made. The Bible says, if you confess this before man, I too will confess you before my father in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I too will deny you before my father in heaven. And if this is something you do, go tell your parents, go tell your friends, go tell your family members, go tell somebody or coworker and, and just share with them. I just gave my life to the Lord and he's changed me and he's touched me and then get involved. And Bob, what, how could they, uh, how could they reach out to us and how could they get involved? Yeah, that's great, Pete. I mean, first of all, we'd love to hear about your decision and uh, we have some resources that I think will be very helpful. If you go to riotpodcast.co.co, um, there's a bunch of resources there and ways that you can reach out to us and, 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 and contact us. In fact, let us know that you received uh, Jesus as your savior today, man. We would love to hear that story. And if you're 
watching us on YouTube, I would ask that uh, you know make a comment below. Tell us where you're you're where you're listening to us from, or or even this would be fun. Right in there, I am entitled to nothing, and just post that. And uh, while you're on YouTube, would you uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel and click the little bell so that you get alerted when we when we release new episodes. If you're listening to us on a podcast, that's awesome. So I I do the same thing. Uh, walking, I listen to podcasts or driving. I, I you know I don't listen to the radio much. It's just an opportunity to kind of listen to uh, other things. And uh, if you're doing that, man, uh, that's awesome. Share it with somebody. Just take that podcast and just hit share with somebody that you think would be touched by this by this message that you've heard today. And we would really appreciate it. And then finally, you know, all of our social media platforms, you can go to YouTube or go to uh, Twitter. You can go to uh, uh, Facebook and uh, do the same thing. You can share it with a friend. You can tell us where you're from. And man, we just, Pete and I were talking this morning, like, man, we love comments when we see the comment, man. And we just, we just love that. So if you would do that, that we would really appreciate it. And uh, guys, what a, just an amazing, uh, you know, just time. We get to talk to you guys. It's just amazing for us. So we're going into the Christmas season and uh, just thinking about all the things that that means time with family and remembering why Jesus came to this planet to yeah. begin with. Ooh. And it's just kind of a cool time of year. And we're looking yeah. forward to just bringing you the weekly podcast and reaching out to you guys. So we hope you're enjoying it. Let us know if you are and uh, just be blessed this week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you as you just walk in fellowship and intimacy with him this week. Amen. Amen. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.